Well, this morning we're closing out a series of messages that has been titled, help me out, Stranger Things. For those of you that watch the show, you know what's going on right now. So I'm going to read our theme verse during this. You ready? Theme verse, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Wow, that goes very good with that music. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. It's not Democrats versus Republicans. It's no person versus another person. The Bible says that we're fighting principalities. We're fighting evil spirits. We're fighting in a world that we cannot actually see with things that we cannot actually see. Amen? The whole point of this series is for us to learn to live in a world that has two different realms. It has a physical realm that we can see and that we can smell and that we eat physical food. But then it has a spiritual realm that we can discern and we can sense and we can eat spiritual food. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're doing that here this morning. And so how do we live in, work in, fight in these two separate realms in our life as we live in this world? Just because I'm curious, how many of you would say that these messages have been helping you? Amen. Wonderful. Well, hopefully we're going to end with a bang today. I'm really excited. If you haven't been with us, let me catch you up real quick. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to jump in real quick. We've talked so far about prayer. How many of you know how important prayer is? Prayer is a big piece of that spiritual realm that we've been fighting in. And Pastor Jordan preached that message and he talked about us knowing who we are in Christ and knowing what Christ did on that cross, what it actually did him being on that cross makes our prayer life so much more powerful because we understand the power that we receive in prayer through who we are and what he's done. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then we talked about worship. Anybody like worship? Anybody thankful for the worship this morning? The move of the Holy Spirit. We talked about what is worship? How do we worship? Why do we worship? All those different things. And then last week I talked about faith and I talked about how faith is foundational Faith demands action. You cannot play it safe and please God. And to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. How many of you would say that last week was a little tough? It's a little tough. I gave you five steps in growing your faith. Well, because this series has been titled Stranger Things, we have been also talking about things in church that are strange. For one, because it's kind of humorous and comical, but for two, because it's so true. (laughs) There are strange things that happen in church. Anybody ever been to a Pentecostal revival? There is no better word to describe that than strange. Amen? Hey, we're Pentecostal. I can say that. But it's strange. It's strange when you're an outsider coming in or seeing things that you've never seen in a spiritual realm. It's strange things. So we've been talking about all these different strange things, strange things that we've seen in worship services, healings, strange faith, demonic activity, which we've been seeing a lot of. Today's topic kind of takes the cake when you think about strange in the spiritual realm. And today I want to talk about you. I want to talk to you about the superpower known as the Holy Spirit. 
the superpower known as the Holy Spirit. Now, if you watch the show, Stranger Things, then uh, in season one, the very first thing that happens is this young boy, he's, he's riding his bike home and he gets taken and he gets taken from the, the, the realm that they're living in into this, into this other world, the world of the upside down, not the inside out, but the upside down. He gets taken into the world of the upside down. And then all of a sudden, this person shows up in these boys' lives and these, this person shows up that they don't know it at the time, but she is this superpower. And she is the only way that they can defeat the upside down. She's the way that they fight in the upside down. And she, as they, as they get to know her and as they learn a little bit about her, because they don't know anything about her, they begin to understand that she is a superpower. Who am I talking about? 11. I'm talking about L. And so it's so cool because you can, you can take that and you can think about the world that we live in because we also have this superpower. Just like the boys received this superpower, L, that came and helped them to defeat things in the upside down. Listen, God gave us a superpower. Now, our superpower didn't just randomly show up like L did. That kind of thing doesn't actually happen. That's only in the movies. Our superpower came at a specific time for a specific reason. See, what happened was Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He saved us and he said, I'm going back up to the father because if I don't go back to the father, I can't send to you the superpower. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah. The Holy Spirit. And so he sends us the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to dig into. And we're going to talk about most Christian people, just like the boys with L, they have no idea about the Holy Spirit. They have no idea the superpower that this Holy Spirit is. And when we begin to learn about and understand the Holy Spirit, then we can work and we can fight in and win the battle against the darkness. Amen. Amen? Today, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can get a little bit strange. And honestly, for some people, downright uncomfortable. And that's mostly because of the misconceptions and myths that people believe about the Holy Spirit that's not true. So I would like to start this morning with debunking some myths about the Holy Spirit. Now I've shared with you guys, I've, I've been, how many of you guys have attended other churches besides Clawson? Okay, so probably you've been to some of this too, but I, I worked at a church uh, in Texarkana that I really, really believe without a shadow of a doubt, that before I got there, that they had some crazy, that strange things, right? They had some crazy, awesome times where the Holy Spirit did some crazy, awesome things in their church. And um, I heard testimony after testimony of healings and different things that God had done um, in their church and all of these things that God had done. Well, whenever I got there, they were kind of at a descending time. And um, when I began to be on staff at this church, what I got to see was kind of an aftermath after all of that had already happened. And what was happening was not a move of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be bold. It was kind of a manipulation, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. And so I've seen this in so many different churches. What happens is something happens. A revival takes place. God moves, boom, in a strange way. He moves. But then they want him to keep moving and they try to force this Holy Spirit to keep moving and keep moving. And for whatever reason, he, he's pulled himself from this area. I don't know why. But what they do, 
is because they miss that peace that they have, they begin to manipulate things inside the church to try to get what they used to have. So what does that look like? That looks like, um, I mean, they, they, you can do all kind of crazy things in the church fall when the Holy Spirit's not having you fall and you're manipulating a fall or to, to run around. I mean, there's this one guy would just throw his microphone. He'd take off running around the church and it was weird. It was strange y'all. And, and they would do kind of some crazy dancing and it was strange. And here's what I want you to understand. Those kind of things, the falling out and the dancing and the, and the throwing your mic down and taking off running, those are absolutely beautiful when done under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But when they're done with the manipulation of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing more awkward than that. Amen? And you can tell people of God that have the Spirit of God living in them, you can tell because you get way closer to the back door when it's a manipulation of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I, I, I pastored a church. This was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I pastored a church. And as I came into the church, I learned that this half of the church was completely against this half of the church. And so it was about my fifth or sixth Sunday being there. I'd just become the pastor, fifth or sixth Sunday being there. And the worship is going on. And it's very interesting. The worship is weird. Uh, it was not, not weird in a, I don't know even, we're not even going to go there with the worship. But okay, so in the middle of this worship service, somebody jumped, everybody's sitting down. Ain't nobody worshiping. It is dead. Holy Spirit, I'm praying for you, but I don't see you. Uh, it's dead. All of a sudden, this dude jumps up and he starts speaking in tongues, kind of like what happened this morning. He starts speaking in tongues. And I was like, okay. I don't feel you, but maybe you're here. Maybe you want to do something. And then I watched as another person jumps up and he starts to give a word condemning this side of the church. And I just kind of put my head in my hands. Oh God, I'm 25 years old. I've been here for five weeks. What am I supposed to do with this? So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this. And then somebody from this side of the church jumps up and begins to give a word in tongues. And then somebody else from this side of the church jumps up and gives a condemning message to that side of the church. And I'm just like, oh, sweet, merciful heavens. What do you even do in this scenario? Y'all sit down. I'm going to preach to you. I mean, what do, you, what do you even do? There is no, I, I was 25 years old, brand new senior pastor at this church, had, had really not a whole lot of idea what I was doing. And I felt the most awkward that I had ever felt in a spiritual, I don't know that it was a spiritual environment, in a church that I've ever felt in my life. Why? Because it was a manipulation of something was, that was not real. Y'all, that's powerful. So debunking myths about the Holy Spirit. Number one, there's a, there's a myth that the Holy Spirit is scary or frightening or uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable topic. It's really not. It's really not. The Holy Spirit is given to us to empower us. It is our superpower. Superpowers are not uncomfortable. The only thing that makes the Holy Spirit uncomfortable is when somebody's manipulating the superpower and it's not actually there. And that's why people don't want to talk about it because they've seen so much manipulation of it. Number two, how about the Holy Spirit is for the mature believers? I mean, when I get to that level, I'm gonna get the Holy Spirit. 
but for now, I'm just going to hang out down here. You have to be a specific, you know, you got to be a mature believer. Listen, that is a load of bull. In the Bible, in Acts, people just got saved and boom, got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for any believer that wants to mature. And the Holy Spirit is not for the mature believers. The Holy Spirit is is to help you mature. Amen. Amen. Number three, myth number three. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could speak in tongues and get slain and drunk in the Holy Spirit. People believe that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is what happens at the altar. And that's not true. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is what happens when you walk out that door. And the Holy Spirit comes in us and on us in so many different ways that it doesn't really matter how you get the Holy Spirit or if you're slain in the Holy Spirit or even if you get drunk in the Holy Spirit, all of which we've seen take place that were genuine. But what matters is that when you get the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that you get the power. Not that I fall or not that I am feeling some kind of specific way or that my emotions are here or there, that you get the power that when you walk out of the door, you can live a holy life proving to the world who Jesus is. So there's this myth that I don't know that I want to get this Holy Spirit because I'm not sure that I want to do like that dude right there. Amen? All right, number four. The gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased with the apostles. You know, there's whole denominations of churches that believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit died off with the apostles. That's crazy. I don't even know why you would want to teach that. It's not biblical at all. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. In fact, here's what the Bible says. Let's look at this. Acts chapter two and verse 39. He's talking about the promise. Everybody say the promise. Now, the promise is this superpower of the Holy Spirit. You can go back and look at that. I'm not lying to you. And it says this, verse 39, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all, everybody say all, all "All who have been called by the Lord our God. So this myth that the Holy Spirit died off with the apostles is, is a, it's not true. The Holy Spirit is for you. It's for me. It is for all. Everybody say all all of us who call on the name of the Lord. So now that we talked about the myths of the Holy Spirit, let's talk about the truths of the Holy Spirit. Because when you actually begin to learn about the superpower, how awesome he is and what he does in your life, it makes you want him. So let's talk about the truths of the Holy Spirit. Number one, write this down in your notes if you're taking notes. He is our advocate. I didn't get any amens because you really probably don't understand what that means, but it's so powerful. Let's dig into this. He is our advocate. John 14, 26 says, but when the father sends the advocate, everybody say the advocate. As my representative. Now that advocate, I don't really know a lot about, but my representative, that's my boy. This is my guy that Jesus gave to me as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. An advocate, what is that even? It is a person who publicly supports or recommends particular causes or policies to someone. What does that mean? That means my advocate, my representative is supporting me and pouring into me the things of God, the word of God. He is there all of the time helping me out. 
Y'all, that is powerful. What this scripture is saying is when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit becomes my representative who supports me. He teaches me everything that I need to know and reminds me of everything that is true. Let's, let me elaborate right here a little bit. You need to understand how cool this is. Before Jesus, people did not have this. This is a superpower that we got because of what Jesus did. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I told you already, but in John chapter 16 and verse seven, he said, I need to go. It'd be better for you if I leave because if I leave, I can give to you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we need to learn how to use the Holy Spirit and his power in your life. When you give your life to Jesus, when you make him your king, your savior, boom, you are his child. And you now have what, what says in the King James is the seal of the Holy Spirit on you. What does that mean that he's my advocate? Here's what it means. You hear somebody arguing about scripture. All you gotta do is ask the Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Because he'll reveal to you what's the truth. How cool is that? I hear people arguing about scripture all the time. Well, I dig into the scripture and the Holy Spirit leads me, illuminates, if you will, the scriptures for me to let me know what's true. Y'all, that's powerful. Amen. You're getting tempted with something. What's the Holy Spirit's job? He's your advocate. He's your representative. You're getting tempted. You think that you're going to fall. All you got to do is listen to the Holy Spirit because when you're getting tempted, he's always going, hey, bro, here's the way out over here. Don't be stupid. Don't go there over here. He's my representative that's fighting for me all of the time. Listen, anybody ever been in a battle? When you're in a spiritual battle, the Holy Spirit is coming, the Bible said, to remind you of truth. Any ever, anybody ever been in just like a really bad place? or you're like trying to figure out what the Lord wants you to do, or you're about to do something really stupid, you're being tempted, and then boom, a scripture comes to your mind. Or boom, a message that somebody preached that was exactly what you needed to hear comes to your mind. Amen. You know what that is? That's not your memory. It's not, your memory's not that good. The Bible says that is the Holy Spirit reminding you at the time that you need it of the truth. Man, that's good. He literally is your personal representative and helper that's leading and guiding your life so that you can live a holy life. Amen. Now, if that's true, if we have this advocate, the question is, and it's a hard question, why do we live such defeated lives? Why do we fall into so much sin? Why do we have such sinful lives? Here's why. There's really one explanation. Humans are stupid. Amen. That's it. You look at the very beginning. We make very bad decisions. The very beginning of the beginning, Adam and Eve. God says, hey, bro, I got one rule. That's it. Don't eat that. Everything else you can do. Just do the one thing. Don't eat that. What do we do? We lasted one chapter. <laughs> and the whole rest of the Bible was wrote because we were stupid in chapter one. For real, y'all. Humans, for whatever reason, do not have good decision-making 
skills, which is why every one of us need the Holy Spirit. What do you mean we don't have decision-making skills? Let me ask you a question. When mom and dad told you not to do that, what happened? And then you had to suffer the consequences. Uh huh. When law enforcement and laws told you not to do that and you did it, what happened? You got a $250 ticket that you griped about even though you made the poor life decision. <laughs> when the Bible tells us not to do something and we do it anyways, what happens? We got to face the consequences of what we've done, which is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, that stamp, that seal inside of our lives. But you know what happens so many times? We can go so long without listening to the Holy Spirit that he actually just gets silent. Listen, it's not his fault. It's our fault. We're the dumb ones. He tries to lead us when we get saved. I remember when I got saved and, you know, all the, every time that I've come down to the altar, 150,000, however many times it is that I came down to the altar, when I left, the Holy Spirit was trying to lead me all those different times, 16, 17, 15, 14 years old. He was trying to lead me. Hey, you know, yesterday you said that prayer and you were, you were serious. You wanted to give your life to Jesus, but I did not listen. He's trying to lead me in the path of righteousness, but I didn't listen. And because I didn't listen, I just went off into sin until I couldn't even hear him anymore. So some of you today, you need to start by repenting, by, by repenting of not listening and by starting to listen. Amen. Amen. Number two in your notes. First of all, he is our advocate. Number two, he is our comforter and counselor. I'm going to put those together. Our comforter and our counselor in Acts chapter nine. This is kind of a crazy story. In Acts chapter nine, you got Saul's conversion. Are you, anybody familiar with Saul? So Saul goes literally like in no time. He goes from the guy that is known by everyone for killing Christians, imprisoning Christians, spitting out threats against Christians to boom, in less than a week, the man gets saved and starts preaching Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Anybody ever had one of those experiences? So he goes from killing Christians to them being the Christian. And because he is the Christian, he is now the one getting the death threats. But he's still passionate. Amen. And here's what the Bible says. Him and the church that he's with begin getting these death threats. And in Acts chapter 9 and verse 31, it says, Then the churches throughout all of Judea and, and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They, they were multiplied. My question is, how can a group of people that is getting death threats all the time have peace? I know what most American Christians would do. We would hide. It wouldn't be peace. It would be chaos, fear, and living in fear. So how can these Christians that are preaching the word of God boldly and being chastised by the religious people, and now their plan is to kill them, how can they have peace? Here's what it said. They feared God. Let me find it. Walking in the fear of the Lord 
and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we are not made to fear people. We are not made to fear COVID-19. We are not made to fear anything except for living in the fear of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he leads us through everything. I don't have to fear anything. Bible says that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, when I'm living in the fear of God, instead of the fear of my circumstances or instead of the fear of whatever the heck is going on in the world right now, when I'm living in the fear of God, I'm comforted by the Holy Spirit. Man, that's good. It also says he's our counselor. First John chapter two and verse 27 You've received the Holy Spirit and lives within you. I love this. You don't need anyone to teach you what's true. What do you mean? I mean, with the Bible, under the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, you don't actually need somebody to explain everything to you. That's his job. You don't need anyone to teach you what's true for the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true and it's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Yeah, that's good. This goes very much in similar with uh, him being our advocate. But listen, he is here in every situation, whatever I'm going through to lead me and guide me and show me what is true. And if I allow him to do that and I follow him, then what I'm doing is true. Somebody say amen. Amen. So he's our advocate, comforter, counselor. Number three, he is our power. I love this. We're going to talk for just a minute about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He is our power. Acts chapter one and verse eight. God's people, the church is having a prayer meeting. And it says in Acts chapter one and verse eight, you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through, throughout Judea, Samaria. So that power that he's talking about comes in chapter two. Acts chapter two and verse four, they're meeting together, they're praying together. And in Acts chapter two and verse four, it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues, other tongues as the Spirit gave them this ability. Listen, when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive, you receive a superpower. You receive a divine person living inside of you that makes you powerful through him. Y'all, that's awesome. For the sake of time, I'm gonna jump to verse four. I mean, to number four. Number four, so he gives us power. Number four goes very similar with power. He is our gifter. Now, the gifter goes very much with the power. I want to share with you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about special abilities, everybody say superpowers, about special abilities that the spirit gives. I don't want you to misunderstand this. And then he tells them in verse four, we're going to read quite a bit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Everybody say superpowers. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. 
There are, all, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other out. Wait, who gets it? Each of us. Okay, take that because it doesn't exclude you. Amen. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another person, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same person gives great faith to the same spirit gives great faith to another person and to someone else. The spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another person the ability to prophesy. He gives somebody else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person, he gives the ability to speak in an unknown language while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. We got to see that this morning. It's the one spirit who distributes all of these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should get. Listen, when the Holy Spirit fills you, he empowers you with a superpower. Your job is then to figure out what is the superpower that he's given me and how do I begin to work in it? Y'all, that's good. And it's really cool because I have seen these superpowers really begin to strengthen in the people that we have been, our prayer team and, and, and the different people. I can think of people right now. Let me give you a few of them. Kevin Pogue definitely gives wise advice. Amen. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, gives wise advice. Um, Brother Kim this morning gave a message in tongues. David gave the interpretation of the tongues. Nick Carl, God's given the anointing and the ability to cast out demons. I don't know how many demons have been casted out in the last few weeks, but it's been a lot. Amen. The ability to cast out demons. Miss Brenda has a prophetic gifting that God has given her. Ken and Robin, a gift of special knowledge for the church. My strongest gift, and I'm thankful that this is my gift, is discerning whether a message is from the spirit of God or whether it's from a different spirit. I like being able to discern that. Because I don't want to be confused on what spirit we're following here. But what I'm saying is what we're talking about is awesome. Having a superpower because you have a superpower living inside of you, a Holy Spirit, a divine God literally living inside of your body that wants to use this vessel to do something impossible. That is awesome. Probably some of you in this room right now or maybe watching online, you already know what your gifting is. And here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to develop that. He wants you to ask for more and he wants you to use your gift to strengthen the church. Then there's probably some of you in here this morning that you have no idea what I'm talking about. And maybe you're understanding it, but maybe it's a little strange from the background that you come from. And here's what I want to encourage you with. I want to say to you to allow God to, if he's living in you right now, he's giving you the truth. He's showing you the truth. And my encouragement to you when talking about the gifts is to begin to ask the Lord to give you the gift that he has for you. Give your life to Jesus, receive the gift that he has for you and to begin to develop that. And if you don't know how, the best place that you can start is growth track. 
you say, well, I need some ABCs. Me, I'm that guy. I want to go to a class. I want to learn the truth. That's me. We have so many different classes that can teach you the deliverance class, that can teach you about all of the different um, the, the, the special abilities, the demonic things that we're talking about. We have the growth track class where you actually learn your spiritual giftings in that class. We have the school of discipleship that develops you um, in, in all kinds of different ways. If you want to learn, don't just come on Sunday. Dive in, develop yourself, develop, mature yourself as a Christian and begin to allow God to use you and your gifting that he's given you to strengthen the church. Amen. So in closing this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand. As you're standing worship team, would you guys step out and come and join me up on the stage and begin to play altar team? Would you guys step out and come to the front? I'm going to ask everyone in here, would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let me talk to you for just one more minute. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit can and will minister to us at every stage in our life. So the altar call this morning, it's for any and everybody. Whether you consider yourself a mature Christian or whether you don't even consider yourself a Christian, the altar call is for everybody. Today with every head bowed and every eye closed, Number one, if you are here and you need the Holy Spirit to minister to you, you need him to be your advocate and to lead you and guide you in truth. You need him to be your comforter because all of the junk that you've been going through has just been giving you anxiety or depression or you're confused and, and you don't know what you need him to comfort you today. You need him to counsel you today. Here's what I'm here to tell you. The Holy Spirit is to do those things. And he will do those things. Don't walk out the door without allowing him to do those things. Also, number two, if you're here and you want to receive the superpower of the Holy Spirit, you want to receive him in your life. You've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you want to receive him so that you can begin working in those giftings. We want to pray for you this morning. Or if you want to come and find a place, really all you have to do is clean yourself up, repent before the Lord, uh, get anything in you that needs to go out and ask him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want that power this morning, I want to encourage you to come. And then lastly, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you're in here today, and you say, Pastor Josh, I'm a follower of Christ. Maybe I've been following five years, maybe 10 years, 15 years, but I want to begin to work in the gifts that he's given me. I want to begin to be used to grow and to build his church with every head bowed and every eye closed, wherever you're at in this room. In just a second, if you want comfort, if you need comfort, if you need his counsel, if you need his power, if you need his giftings, Right now, as they begin to play this song, would you step out and come? Come on, right now. Step out and come. Yes.